name's Sid Garza Hillman, and this is what I think. Just got back from a swim. As I talked about recently, my daughter's on the swim team, so she uh, wanted to do, go do a workout. I said, I'm going to go with you. Second time in a week, I've swum, swammed, swammed. And kind of digging it. I used to swim in Los Angeles when I lived there and I would run to this pool and I would swim and run back and it was, I enjoyed it. And then I moved up here and I just haven't really done that. And so she's doing it and I'm, I was like, I'm going to swim too. I'm a very mediocre swimmer. I, I realize that. Uh, today I was like, I'm just going to try, I'll just try the doggy paddle, tried that. But then I realized that's not vegan. So I couldn't, I really couldn't do that. So I just went ahead and did freestyle. Mm. Mm. <sighs> I got back from Scottsdale where I was on a um, athletes panel with two men uh, who were way more muscular than I, uh, which doesn't take a lot. Let's, can we be honest about that? And then a very nice uh, marathoner uh, uh, gal who has done 20 marathons. It's a lot. Uh, so anyway, that was the first day. The second day I did my talk. V enjoyed, enjoyed the thing, you know, good event and everything. Scottsdale, Arizona, decent place, I have to tell you. Uh, and the problem is that their motto on the sign is Scottsdale, the most livable city, livable. And I just, I got almost tired trying to figure out, I couldn't make sense of it. I was like, livable, that seems like a very low bar. Like, what's the best part about our city it's that we can live people can live here like it's livable like you can live here is it a great place to live we're not going to go that far but we are going to say that it's the most livable city you will stay alive here better than virtually any other city in the country according to them um i wasn't sure if i enjoyed the bravado or just the honesty like this place is livable um, and then I was thinking like, what makes other cities not livable? You know, like, well, here you get this city, you get murdered. So that's, it's not livable. Like this is not a livable place to be because you can't live here. Mm. The other note about the Scottsdale, uh, veg fest was the freaking vegans and the protein already guys, you're feeding the beast. Can we get on top of this once and for all? Like very nice gal next to me selling these cookies that she makes good ingredients. Fine. But then low, low sugar, high protein. And then I'm waiting for it. I didn't ask. I'm not getting into it. I'm just saying I didn't ask. But I know it's coming. Somebody goes, oh, it's high protein. Yeah, what, 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 what is it? Well, I use pea protein. I use pea protein. So then these cookies are high protein. And nutritionally, I've said this before. So I'll say it again here in case you're just joining me. I don't know why you would at episode 77. I mean, good, good Lord. But... When you put pea protein in a cookie, you might as well put sugar in a cookie. I know it's crazy, isn't it? It's extracted like sugar is, like oil is. They're extracted and they're junk food. So when you put pea protein in a cookie and you go high protein cookies, you are enabling the myth that number one, high protein is good. And number two, that these protein powders are health food. They're not. So it doesn't turn your cookie into a good cookie. It turns your cookie into a bad cookie. Okay. That's one bad cookie. As I've said. Also, that was, by the way, the second second runner-up of the Scottsdale uh, motto, which was, that's one bad cookie. And then they were like, you know, let's just go with livable because it sounds a little more positive. doesn't really mean much, but, you know, 
Anyway, so the low sugar, high protein, you think that the, in the plant-based world, they sort of go like, hey, we did this because we realized how much bullshit there is in the nutritional world. So let's get on top of that and sort of be more honest about stuff. But then no, they're just like protein, vegan, protein powders and vegan collagen powders and vegan bar, protein bars and protein cookies, high protein cookies. Everything's high protein killing us. Let's do that. Let's kill us. Let's kill ourselves. Then we can't live in Scottsdale because we're not alive. It's crazy. Mm. I tend to take Uber. I know Uber's had, you know, it's a lot of issues. I'm not a pro Uber thing. I just have it set up and it's like the credit card that I travel on is on it. It's just easy. And I think they're trying to get their shit together. I don't know if it's really bad. I won't. I'll go to Lyft as if they're angels. I don't know. I mean, at least they're not Facebook. Am I right? Anyway, so I'm getting from the airport. My flight was delayed by seven hours, by the way. Seven hours. Luckily, I took a, I got an earlier flight, but that was still five hours delay. Five hours delay. Anyway, as I, so I get to Scottsdale late and I'm taking an Uber and I see on my app that I have a rating. I have a rating. Not the driver. I have a rating. It says Sid Garzillman. I've never seen this before. And I don't know if it's new or if I just haven't noticed it. But I have a rating. And out of five stars, I have a 4.68 that's my passenger rating and i don't like the fact that i have a rating number one why would a pass why would a passenger i'm not providing a service you're providing the service to me i rate you if i choose to rate you but i don't don't rate me the passenger for crying out loud so i didn't really like i don't want i didn't ask for that feedback but then i was like how am i why how did i not get five stars all the way across what have i done as a passenger in an uber to get less than five stars at any, at any given time. And the 4.68 is an average. So I probably got a star of four on a couple of, he would, you know, that man or woman at some point was like, you know what? That was not a five-star ride. That person did Dak sitting there doing nothing, waiting to get to where he wants to go. Enjoying the music that I chose and didn't ask his opinion of, but I'm just going to go ahead and play it anyway. And I didn't sit up straight enough. Like, what did you look back and go, yeah, that guy's slumping. That's a four star. You know, sit up straight next time, bitch. And then I'll give you a five star. Uh. So watch out if you Uber. They rate you. The driver rates you. It's very arrogant. It's a very arrogant thing, Uber. I'm enjoying a, a cup of coffee right now, which is t literally to die for. I mean, you can't drink this coffee in Scottsdale. It is that good. I made it in the AeroPress. I hate to say this, but the AeroPress is absolutely a phenomenal i've said this before i'm not going to belabor the point i i'm such a dork that i bring my aeropress with me because hotel coffee is pathetic i bring coffee grounds with me and i found a portable i shit you not a portable kettle now people right now are are unpatrioting me because they're like is that what he's spending is i give him ten dollars a month and he's buying a portable kettle yes i'm doing that you want to know why because i enjoy the coffee and if i enjoy the coffee i'm in a better mood and if i'm in a better mood i do better quality work okay so your money is is well spent please I, just understand that and by the way thanks for doing that and leaving reviews and all that kind of stuff I was in the, before I get to the subject of this week's uh, podcast, I, 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 I was in the market yesterday, my little co-op in Mendocino and I go in there, they know me. And so I'm busting around and getting stuff. Actually, I was getting stuff for the, for the resort, but neither here nor there. So I'm standing in line and a guy is in the other line. There's only two lines and he's buying stuff. And I know this guy cause he's going to be doing my race. He signed up for my race. And so I've gotten to kind of know him. He works at the bank, small town. Okay. And I just glance it. Look, I'm a dork. You know that I'm a nutritionist. It's what I do. It's my job. It's my job. I pay attention to food 
in terms of people's eating habits. And it's just something that I look at. I'm not talking about measure counterweight my stuff. I just notice if I'm in a market, I just glance over at what people are buying. Sometimes it's because it's comedic. Sometimes it makes me just downright sad. Okay. Mm. But I just glanced over and we're chatting. I said, Hey to him. And then he's doing his, I'm checking out. And I kind of glance over and he goes, Hey, Sid, don't judge someone else's groceries. Kind of has a, gl- a, a grin on his face. He totally nailed me. And it was so funny because I, it was, I wasn't conscious doing it I just it's a habit where I just sort of glance over like well what's that person getting and I do like a quick calculation of you know like okay well they're getting this much this and then he was getting like four things and and it was like not that big of a deal but I just out of habit glanced over and he totally got me and it was so funny I mean I had to disqualify him from my race because you can't cross that line with me I mean let's face it <laughs> I mean totally inappropriate but also funny at the same time so good sorry to waste your training judge your groceries. I do judge groceries. I don't do it out loud. I didn't say anything to him. I wouldn't say anything to anybody. I would never do that. But I do pay attention to trends of grocery buying. And I know that's horrible. And sometimes I'm buying a bottle of scotch and a bag of pretzels. I mean, you could judge me 10, 10, nine out of 10 times and be good Lord. That guy's not a nutritionist. Mm. Scotch and pretzels. That's my Sunday night. Let's have a little talk about confidence. Okay, let's have a little talk about confidence. Okay, the subject of this week's episode is speak loudly and carry a small stick. Okay, if you were keen, because you are, you notice it's the opposite of uh, speak softly and carry a large stick, a big stick, if you will. Confidence is, is about speaking softly and carrying a big stick. But this world today is the opposite. Speak loudly and carry a small stick. We don't, we bluster. That's what we do. And that's not, you know, that's not confidence. Okay, bluster, I'll get into that in a little bit. But bluster is not confidence. Okay, that's what we do, but that doesn't, it's not actually that thing. Why do I talk about it? Because actual confidence is something that I, my approach, I, I focus on because I think that people using my approach to, to sort of live better, not sort of, totally live better, actually gain confidence in it where you don't get the confidence from a diet, but you do by doing the actual work and, and establishing a, a, a you that is uh, earned. I'll, more on that again. Confidence, the word, because <clears throat> sometimes I'll talk about a word and I'll look up the etymology. And so this one uh, turns out it means with fidence, which I thought was interesting. Um, and so that should shed some light on something. Mm. It's not not true. It it does not mean with fidence. It might. I just, that's not what I read. It actually comes from a Latin word, confidentum, which sounded to me like a pharmaceutical drug. Like, con- ask your doctor about confidentum. Side effects may include uh, not being able to live in the most livable city, for instance. Uh, but the root of the word truly means uh, has roots in boldness and trust. I love that. Confidence, roots in boldness and trust. If there's two things, if there's one thing those two things have in common, boldness and trust, is they're earned. That's how I see them. Okay, I'm not talking about bluster. I'm not talking about pretending bold. I'm saying true, soul, boldness, trust, worthy, trustworthy, earned. How do you get trusted? Because you earn somebody's trust. How do you trust yourself? Because you earn your own trust. That's absolutely something I believe. Trust your gut. Really earn that. What does that mean? Because some people's guts sear them in very weird places, like racism, for instance. I trust that. I feel that in my gut. Okay. Well, to, to embolden yourself and to achieve a higher level of existence, sort of like I talked about the, the frontal cortex, sort of like executive living, it's an earned reality. 
It's knowing things. It's not pretending things. It's knowing things. It's not spending any amount of energy looking like somebody who's confident. It's actually doing the intense amount of energy to become bold and trustworthy. It's in accomplishing. It's in doing. Bluster is not that. Bluster is energy expended to going on YouTube and looking like somebody who is confident, standing like somebody who would stand if he or she were confident instead of being confident. And then maybe you stand that way as a side effect of confidence. I don't know. I'm just saying you either go to the aesthetic of confidence or you go to the actual confidence with less face-to-face of today's world. I think we can all agree less face-to-face, right? We don't even, we don't do face-to-face when we're in a room with people because we have our phones. So kids are spitting at a table and they're, and adults, what do I mean? Kids, adults too. And, and sort of doing that, doing that, you know, head down deal. So with the face-to-face uh, uh, being, you know, I taught a class yesterday and uh, so nice, this couple, and they have a child. It was really fun. Did a nutrition and cooking. And the guy works for Facebook and the girl works for LinkedIn. I was like, man, you guys are like a do- trip double threat. Mm. I was like, you guys are awesome. I deleted both of you. Not personally, but I definitely believe I deleted both of you. Like you guys are deleted in my world and deleted in my world. But great, because then I could deal with them face to face, which is like, you know, that's how that goes. But in today's world, people, it's the way that we run our business as a society in most developed worlds is is making it more easy to fake it and 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 have people believe you and sort of get go, hey, that guy's got it going on. Um, and it's not real. It's about how we are perceived and it tends to, as I see it, just based on my looking at other people's groceries, apparently, that it's it's an outward thing. It's, it's like fake it till you make it is kind of becoming our thing. Um, and it works financially, for t- to be sure. I, I don't doubt that at all. It works financially. It just doesn't work for happiness. And that's really my goal. I'm working on a new book and I'm kind of on the way in my book, in my new book. It's kind of exciting to me. Um, but I've, I've, I'm almost done with a, with a, a second draft. And so I'm, I'm kind of in it like that. I'm very excited about it. I have no publisher, no nothing. I mean, it could never, I don't even know what's going to happen to it, but I'm, I'm excited and more on that in a second. Um, not about the book, but the process. And so, um, it's like how you look, what you drive these kind of snapshot realities that are looking like confidence and even success. I have a very specific way of defining success, which is actually living well, not looking like you live well. And I think most people would agree with me on that, but yet we do get swept up into the world of um, what it looks like. I mean, look at look at the power of before and after photos. I've talked about this. I talked about this in the old podcast, but before and after photos, I mean, that's what we do. And I was really thinking about this and thought, you know what? As I would teach people and do now, what I would teach people, what I would say to you today and give you something to think about is whatever you're doing or want to do, make the outcome obsolete. And confidence, I think, makes outcome obsolete in an outcome-based world. We are all about what the after photo is and we're not about the, the, the in-between. And I think that confidence and knowledge and happiness and, by the way, health are in the in-between. Because the before and after photo can be hacked. And I don't mean Photoshop. I mean, you can hack something by just busting your ass and, and sitting in a sauna and dehydrating yourself and losing whatever weight. That's the biggest loser. That's how they did it. And you can see the before and after photo. And we're all about that outcome. Okay, the outcome. That's what I see. I want that outcome. I want that outcome. 
And it doesn't equal happiness and it won't equal confidence to be sure. And I think confidence and happiness go hand in hand. The more confident you are, the more bold, interiorly bold, trustworthy, the less you need outcome, the less you need people to tell you anything good about yourself because you know it. We all need people, but we don't need the feedback of people. The more confident truly that we are, we're not in that insecure place where we are looking for people to help us feel more secure and nobody can deliver that to us except for us. Nobody can deliver security and confidence to you. They cannot give it to you. You know deep down when somebody goes, you, that's amazing. you're amazing. You either think that or you don't, but they're not going to change the reality of that. And if you want to feel like you're amazing, it's going to take some fucking work. That's just what it is. But I think that this lies, like I said, in making the outcome obsolete in an outcome world. We are about an outcome world now. And if you can achieve, if we, me too, can achieve a reality where the outcome is obsolete in the sense that what I was talking about with my book is the process of writing, the, the, cause if it was just about the outcome, I'd get a ghostwriter and be like, write this book for me and put my name on, I'll pay, a, you know, pay whatever money. And then I can get the, the accolades of writing a book with my name on it, but it's not going to, it's not, you guys know that's the before and after, and it's not going to make me feel good at all. The confidence is in the process. We know that. We sort of intellectually know that, but then we get caught up in all the marketing and everything else, and we get caught up in that in a way that makes us less happy. Can we agree? Before and after photos abound. Pick up any People magazine, you're going to see it, and it's it's addictive. It's a it's a dopamine hit because we go, is that possible for me? That's very exciting, that reality. And the last thing we want to think about is what happens between day one and day 100, we want to go right to day 100. We don't want to think about day 47 because there's nothing sexy about day 47. I mean, it's day 47. Any 47 is a shitty number. I mean, it's just a bad number. So there's nothing good on day 47. You're not going to enjoy day 47. So we don't want to think about that. We don't go right to 100. We want to go right to 100. Confidence is strength, self-esteem, esteem. How you feel about yourself cannot be faked. You cannot fake it. If you want to be healthy and therefore happy, I tie those two together. I wish they were the same word. You got to earn it. You got to run. You got it. You got to do the work. Real strength can only come from doing stuff and stuff that only really, when you get down to it, only you need to be proud of. You, you really only you need to be proud of. Is it a hit when I write a book like Raising Healthy Parents that I'm very proud of that doesn't sell well? Yes, of course. It would be even better if it sold well, but 99% of my happiness about that book lies in the fact that I'm proud of the book. If it sold really well, that'd be a 1% boost in my, you know, like, that's cool. I'm making some dough from it and people are getting helped by it. And that's a good picture. But when you make the outcome obsolete or pretty much obsolete, and you actually focus on the work of creating yourself and any work that you do in a way that you can be proud of, that's it. That's the ball game. That's when you can speak softly and carry a big stick. You've got it inside. You don't need to talk about it. You don't need to talk about it because you got it. And that's worth working. That in and of itself is work, work, worth working for. If you don't work for that, then you just walk around acting like that's your reality. But it's not. Confidence will, is, and will always be internal. It's an earned reality. You either have it or you don't. And if you are working toward it for real, you will have it immediately. Maybe not as much, like it's in degrees and you'll get more confidence as you go. But as soon as you start working with it, your confidence goes up. As soon as you start accepting the reality that confidence is a 
earned reality and that true confidence comes from making outcome obsolete and focusing on the work, you will become more confident than you were before that started happening. And each day that you continue, each minute you continue, you will be more confident with every minute that goes. So if you're wondering, how can I increase my self-esteem? How can I increase, help my kids increase their self-esteem and confidence? It is about action. Don't talk about it. Act. Don't speak loudly and carry a small stick. Act so you can speak softly and carry a big stick. Do something. I remember the violence. Remember the waiting rain. I remember the warm wind. The unwelcome silence. I remember the consequence I remember the sequence This may not be a story at all This may not be a story to hold Not everything can make sense to me and this makes perfect sense to me waited away the numb we welcome the protection we talked a lot without talking We said what we knew to be said And now we are visited less But visited nevertheless This may not be a story to tell this may not be a story to hold But in the moment it was facing north We can't make sense of it facing no Facing 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 no, facing no, facing no, facing no, facing no, facing.